Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, February 29th, and we start with... A Murray County public school teacher was indicted on February 15th on 16 charges related to child sexual abuse, all of which allegedly occurred on multiple occasions between 2020 and 2023. According to the indictment, Kenny L. Anderson Jr., 39, of Columbia, is accused of having unlawfully engaged in sexual conduct with a child 13 years of age or older, but less than 18 years of age. The indictment further states that Anderson was in a position of authority over the victim. In total, Anderson was charged with five counts of rape, five of incest, five of sexual battery by an authority figure, and one count of aggravated sexual battery. According to Murray County Public Schools Superintendent of Schools, Lisa Ventura, Anderson was suspended last August pending the investigation. Per Murray County Public Schools school board policy, all suspensions are without pay. Ventura said. Murray County Public Schools is aware of his indictment. Ventura said Anderson is still employed, but did not comment on his current status. Anderson was booked into the Murray County Sheriff's Office on February 20th and released later that day on a $200,000 bond. He is scheduled to make his first court appearance on Thursday, February 29th. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen have approved an agreement for the purchase of property for future recreational use. The agreement calls for the city to pay $3.6 million for 33.65 acres at 2841 Hurt Road, which is located in Williamson County. Also part of the agreement is the clause stating that it gives the seller of the property the right to name the park property, including trails, paths, buildings, or amenities in recognition of the seller's family. The seller in the agreement is identified as Danny C. Allen, trustee of the Danny C. Allen Trust. Alderman Brent Murray noted the need for the property from a recreation standpoint, adding that the need is great for all sports and activities in Spring Hill. At Parks and Recreation, they've been looking for years, he said. This property is a great center point for fields, playground, and park amenities as well. He added that the city has set aside $1.5 million for parkland acquisition, adding that the price for the property is enticing. It's a lot of space for not a lot of money, Murray said. It's a great opportunity to provide something that's a need here in our city. Other aldermen agreed about the opportunity to purchase the land and the need for the recreation space. City Administrator Pam Kasky said the city has a due diligence period as set forth in the agreement. She said the city has money available for the purchase of the property once the proper amendments and transfers are made by the board. The board voted 8-1 to one to approve the purchase agreement, with Alderman Kevin Gavigan voting against. Gavigan had expressed his concern that the purchase agreement was included on the board's agenda as a consent item, even though there had not been much time for public discussion and for the board to get familiar with it. An item discussed by the board at its last meeting as part of its work session but not voted on was the requested annexation of the Caldwell Farms area. The annexation request came to the board with a favorable recommendation from the Planning Commission and includes a rezoning request. 
Mayor Jim Hageman acknowledged the developer of the project in question has produced a quality development in Spring Hill, which he added is something the city government wants. He praised several aspects of the design of the proposed amendment. My issue is that I strongly believe the issues we have on us, specifically to water and sewer capacity, this would not support my philosophy of responsible growth, the mayor said, noting he believes the city should avoid adding to those issues. Your company is fantastic, but I can't, as a representative of the citizens, support any more growth that does not allow us to move forward with the issues we have upon us, he said. Several aldermen agreed. Alderman Trent Linville noted that he was the one vote against the annexation on the planning commission. He pointed to the fact that all the areas surrounding the property in question are single-family homes, and the development includes multifamily townhouses. I don't think it meets the public benefit standard we should have for development in Spring Hill, he said. As a board, we need to decide to do we need to decide to do what we want to reserve sewer capacity for residential development or to help diversify our local economy. We are really heavily weighted toward residential, he said. Alderman Vincent Fuqua, however, said that although he agrees with what the mayor said, he believes the city can service the area. Gavigan also expressed his appreciation for the work the developer has done in Spring Hill, but he pointed to the work the city has done on Buckner Lane and the impact more residential development would have there. After a citizen election task force spent a year working on alternatives to the way board members are elected in Spring Hill based on changes in the state law, the board found out on February 20th that those efforts may not be necessary now. Pam Kasky and City Attorney Patrick Carter explained that approximately a week after the CETF made its recommendations to change Spring Hill's board of elections to wards rather than at-large, An advisory came down from the Tennessee Municipal League that the way the elections were previously held may be legal. The Municipal Technical Assistance Service, or MTAS, has informed the board they have three options. One, continue as voting has been historically done and make sure the state agrees it is legal. Two, implement the CETF recommendations. Or three, do what has been done with state approval and rebalance the wards from which aldermen are elected. Kasky said the wards need to be rebalanced in order to make sure each ward has near the same number of people. Kasky also stressed the importance of Spring Hill citizens filling out the special census, explaining that it will help with ward balancing and help the city get more money from the state. The consensus among board members was much like Alderman Matt Fitterer's comment that while he appreciates the work the CETF did, the reason for putting the task force together was all based on a premise that there was a mandated change. He added that he believes the system Spring Hill has been using works well and makes sure all of the elected officials are accountable to all citizens. Attorney Carter said he would follow up with TML to make sure the city is in fact following state law. He noted that a lot of cities got the same MTAS opinion across the state. With over a dozen tables piled high with all the stuff one can imagine, the Kiwanis Club of Columbia's 20th annual yard sale last Saturday drew a crowd of at least 800 visitors, scouting for unique and practical finds at the Memorial Building. Shoppers formed a line around the building at 7 a.m., an hour before the event began, just like in years past. Funds raised will benefit Dolly Parton's Imagination Library in Murray County, a longtime beneficiary of the Kiwanis Club. Garage sale goers rummaged through treasures such as fine china, vintage cameras, and unique finds such as a collection of rare literary works with a copyright of 1909, 
once used as curriculum at Central High School. Volunteers packed up the volumes to be delivered to the Murray County Archives for preservation. Kiwanis Yard Sale Chairperson Jan McKeel said she enjoys seeing familiar faces each year and raising money for a worthy cause, or building literacy, in Murray County. The turnout amazes me, McKeel said. We are absolutely fortunate to have beautiful weather. It was amazing to see all of the donations come in and just as quickly see all of the stuff go out. We are so thankful for Kiwanis supporting Imagination Library all of these years. We don't all have the tallies yet, but we think it will be a great sale once again, she said. Loads of items, including an extensive collection of furniture from dining room sets to side tables, lamps, art, ornate picture frames, and plenty of glassware, delighted shoppers. Pyrex dishes were grabbed up by collectors, while others found silver homeware items, copper, and vintage mason jars. The Lang and Stanfield family stopped to take a photo with a Dolly Parton Imagination Library cardboard cutout displayed at the sale during their annual visit. The family of sisters and cousins have been attending the sale for almost a decade. You never know what you're going to find, Jesse Lang said. The family commences their succession of yard sale visits with the Kiwanis Yard Sale as their first to kick off the season. They attend at least five other community yard sales throughout the spring. Lang's finds this year include a baseball mitt for her son and a Home Alone movie t-shirt, which will serve as souvenirs from this year's visit. We always look forward to coming and block out our calendars, she said. Meanwhile, past county trustee Steve Kahn's browsed the book section while shoppers Blair Miller and Emily Senefeld took interest in glassware. It's a great place to find a bargain, a good place to see people you haven't seen in a long time, and the funds raised go to a good cause, Senefeld said. Columbia sisters Lee Dillahay and Jean Parham have been attending the yard sale since its commencement two decades ago. Dillahay said she loves the book selection and has collected many history books from the sale over the years. One of Parham's favorite finds is a Christmas decoration that counts down the days until Christmas by lighting candles, a treasure she still uses. McKeel said the Imagination Library, which mails free books to children from birth, is an essential piece of literacy to children in Murray County. The nonprofit has served over 21,575 children across the county, distributing 54,000 books per year. Over the past 20 years, the Murray County leg of the nonprofit has mailed 821,049 books to community children. The Kiwanis Club has contributed over $72,000 to the nonprofit over the past two decades. Other major sponsors include Murray Regional Group, General Motors Spring Hill, and many individual donors and churches. We are looking forward to reaching 1 million children in Murray County by 2027, McKeel said. The Mount Pleasant Commission has voted to consider setting a special called meeting to review applications for the new city manager, with discussions set to be held on Thursday, March 7th. The announcement was made during the commission's regular meeting last February 20th. In November, the commission voted to ask the Municipal Technical Advisory Service, or MTAS, for help in initiating the search process. The vote followed current city manager Kate Collier's announcement to city commissioners that she would be retiring in the coming months. The following month, the commission approved a resolution outlining the selection process, with each step taking place during a public meeting. City Attorney Corey Jones said the initial review date was set for February 26, which is when commissioners will receive applications. The whole packet of everybody that submitted applications will be sent to each commissioner, Jones said. 
You'll have a chance to review them individually. This meeting would be a meeting for you as a group to review those applications together and decide if you want to go forward with interviews or if you want to wait longer, she said. If the commission decides to move forward, they will choose the candidates they wish to interview before setting a date. Meanwhile, the commission also voted on a resolution to name the pavilion in Gardenia Park. The nominations will be open for public comment until Wednesday, March 13th. Commissioner Mike Davis expressed his concern that not enough has been done for the park, which is located at 123 Gardenia Street. I just think right now, as a city, we owe it to the Gardenia people or the citizens of Mount Pleasant to take full control of building the pavilion, Davis said. This pavilion has been going on in talks for over 10 years, and I'm saying it's the responsibility of the citizens of Mount Pleasant to do what we said we were going to do for the people of Gardenia Park. Finance Director Schiffer Cox said the project will not go out to bid due to the cost being under the bid threshold. Our bid threshold is now $25,000. If we can get materials and labor under $25,000 for the project, we do not have to bid it out, Cox said. Cox said all name recommendations for the pavilion must be sent to her in written form. A final decision will be made by the full commission on March 19th. While many mixed-use developments continue to be created around Spring Hill with retail, residential, and office spaces, a new one is being proposed at Jim Warren and Port Royal Roads. The Spring Hill Planning Commission reviewed a concept for what's being called East Port Farms, located on 48.21 acres off Jim Warren, Port Royal, and Derryberry Lane. The concept includes a mixed-use neighborhood, which combines spaces for family housing, townhomes, and senior living, alongside approximately 15 acres of commercial businesses, consisting of full-service and quick-service restaurants, convenience stores, as well as a 150-key hotel and medical office. We believe that that scale of commercial, with the offerings for restaurants, shopping, places to hang out and create Spring Hills culture, that this size and scale of neighborhood is very much appropriate. Applicant Greg Gamble of Gamble Design Collaborative said, We have the opportunity for placemaking, he said. Charlie Pond, director of building development for head builder Nyer Properties of Ohio, said mixed-use properties is one of the company's passions and is excited to bring its skills to Spring Hill for the first time. When it came to the project's development, Pond said the goal is to phase it in a way where all of the main anchors are finished at the same time. We believe this really has to be developed holistically, Pond said. We don't believe that everything will necessarily start at the same time, but we would like to finish, open the infrastructure and the majority of the facilities at the same time, he said. Discussion among planners was fairly brief, but Alderman Matt Fitterer said he believes the Board of Mayor and Aldermen should also review the concept before moving forward. I think it's important that we get the concept before the board as well, Fitterer said. It's one thing to get feedback from us and with staff, but let's get this in front of the ultimate decision makers when they say they are ready. Alderman Trent Linville also weighed in, agreeing that the Board of Mayor and Aldermen should give its input. Having the insight of the board on this project could be helpful as well, Linville said. It's certainly an interesting project with the Jim Warren commercial area being introduced. This will be kind of helping build that area of the city and to really underscore this is a place where people can come and commerce will happen, he said. The Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce is excited to announce Innovation Lives Here, a thought leader speaker series for Middle Tennessee. 
Inspired by the globally acclaimed TED Talks, the series will commence with its first event on March 20th, followed by additional events on July 24th and October 16th, each running from 10 a.m. to noon at Thompson Station Church, located at 2604 Thompson Station Road East in Thompson Station. The first event within the series on March 20th will feature distinguished speakers including Yesenia Sevilla, Director, Strategic Engagement and Ecosystem Development with The Wondery at Vanderbilt University, Dr. Joyce Thompson-Heems, Dean of the Jennings A. Jones College of Business at Middle Tennessee State University, and John Warner, notable lighting innovator and business owner of J-Squared Systems. The Spring Hill Chamber witnesses examples of extraordinary innovation in our area every day said Executive Director Rebecca Melton. We are thrilled to unveil an event that not only embodies our spirit of innovation, but will also inspire the entire Middle Tennessee community. Because this series will cover a wide range of topics across technology, education, healthcare, arts, and business, we encourage all professionals, entrepreneurs, and innovation enthusiasts to join us as we explore transformative ideas that will shape our future. For event and registration information, visit www.springhillchamber.com forward slash news. The speaker series is presented by Premier Design Build of Spring Hill. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Douglas John Tracy, 67 member of First United Methodist Church in Columbia, died February 26th at his residence in Hampshire. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, March 2nd from 3 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Online condolences may be extended at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of clouds and sun today with increasing clouds as the day goes on. There's a slight chance of a rain shower. The high will be 52 degrees with winds out of the east-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect cloudy skies with occasional light rain late. The low will be 40 degrees with winds that are light and variable. The chance of overnight rain, 80%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one. 
Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Bank with First Farmers and you can bank with confidence. With personalized solutions, dedicated experts, and over a century of experience, First Farmers lets you feel secure and empowered in your financial choices. This is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and I would like to remind you that no matter your goals, First Farmers is here for you. Visit MyFirstFarmers.com or call 1-800-882-8378 to switch to First Farmers today. Member FDIC. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Deciding what your next home will look like, cost in construction, or timing can be intimidating. At The Wave Realty, our licensed general contractors help take the fear out of home building by walking you through the step-by-step process of estimating the cost and designing the look that you desire. You can even stay in your house until your new house is finished. Do you have a family farm or a piece of land you would like to build on? Our prices start at $195 a square foot and include brick and nice finishes. Come by our office and see what we can do for you at 800 Hatcher Lane in Columbia or call us at 931-580-4669.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee Performing Arts Center and Metro Nashville government have signed a memorandum of understanding to build a new performing arts center on the east bank of the Cumberland River. We are excited about the opportunity to partner with TPAC and the state to develop a new home for this important cultural institution on Nashville's east bank, Nashville Mayor Freddie O'Connell said in a TPAC news release. A new performing arts center that offers a variety of entertainment and educational opportunities is exactly the type of development all Middle Tennesseans can get excited about, he said. According to the news release, a new performance facility on the East Bank will support increased Broadway events, performances by TPAC residential companies, Nashville Ballet, Nashville Opera, and Nashville Repertory Theater, and educational programming. TPAC currently resides in the state of Tennessee's James K. Polk Cultural Center near the state capitol building, which, through a comprehensive real estate assessment, has been determined by the state to be antiquated and does not fulfill the site's highest and best use. The state of Tennessee has granted $200 million towards a new TPAC facility in the fiscal year 2023-2024 budget. State funds are contingent on TPAC raising matching dollars from the private sector and Metro Nashville participating in the project based on the Metro-owned East Bank site and related infrastructure needs. The Memorandum of Understanding designates a site on the East Bank as TPAC's new home and allows the organization to access pledged funds, both public and private, to begin designing and planning the Arts Center. The actual transfer of the TPAC site would be subject to Metro Council approval as part of of a development agreement. Tennessee gas prices are moving in a more favorable direction after jumping double digits two weeks ago. Over last week, gas prices declined two cents on average. The Tennessee gas price average is now $2.95, which is 17 cents more expensive than one month ago, but seven cents less than one year ago. Tennesseans saw a bit of a break at the pump over last week as the state gas price average moved two cents lower, said Megan Cooper, a spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. While this is a nice change of pace compared to the last few weeks, it's important to remember, however, that we are still in the midst of a refinery maintenance season. This is also the time of year that we start to see stronger fuel demand as the spring driving season heats up, she said. Here's some quick facts. 77% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3. Tennessee is now the ninth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Living with a worn joint can be painful and frustrating. Leave your joint pain in the past with a joint replacement procedure at Murray Regional Health. Our joint replacement program has been recognized in the top 10% of the nation for medical excellence and patient safety thanks to our highly skilled and experienced surgical staff who perform progressive procedures for the knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, and ankles. For more information, go to murrayregional.com slash joint replacement. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercary.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. If you have ever been interested in mountain biking or biking in general, you are invited to check out this weekend's Riverwalk Ride. There will be several Trek Marlin 6 mountain bikes free to demo and ride around Riverwalk Park on Saturday, March 2nd from 1 to 3 p.m. Starting at the Farmer's Market, riders will be led by Columbia Parks and Rec staff members and given basic instruction, knowledge of biking, and biking etiquette. No registration is required, and this is a free event. Helmets are required and provided at no charge. For more information, please contact Christina Walls at 931-698-0088 or email her at cwalls, C-W-A-L-L-S, at columbiatn.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.